0: I'm Michelle Olivier, and you're listening to Hey, I Want Your Job, the podcast that looks at amazing jobs and what it takes to get them. Hey, everybody, welcome to Hey, I Want Your Job. And today I have one of my favorite people that I have gotten to meet professionally, Megan Couch. She's amazing. Um, I don't have her job, but we have had eerily similar jobs in the past. Um, So Megan, what is your job title?
1: My title is Chief Experience Officer. Doesn't that sound fancy? Sounds dirty, really. Thank you. What kind of experience?
0: What if my business partners, anytime she can do write something for us that makes it sound like we might be in the sex trade, she like that's her go-to. I feel like chief experience officer is exactly the kind of thing that she would come up with.
1: That says a lot about me. I think it's really a cover-up and you're right. I mean, what if I just said that? Let's leave it there. It's a completely different podcast. This is completely different. So different turn. Everything that I sent you, everything we talked about, complete (laughs) cover-up. Right. You figured me (laughs) So
0: So as the chief experience officer, what do you do, Megan?
1: (laughs) Uh, So I work for Integrity Staffing. We are a staffing and hiring firm. Uh, Really my job, and I think this has been my job for the 20 plus years that I've been at the company, is talking to people, which sounds really basic, but I work as a liaison between our operations teams and our clients to make sure that we're both saying the same thing and setting the same expectations. And so I am the one that usually calls in and checks in with clients over on top of what our, you know, sales and our operation teams are doing. And I get a lot of good, I would say good, bad and different feedback and then take it back to the team and see what we need to do to action on it. So, and a lot of times it's just a miscommunication. It could be something really simple, but it's really important to the client. So of course you're like, okay, so how's that going? And So that's client wise and then very passionate about applicant and associate experience. How we're actually getting to folks what we're doing to make it easier everybody wants a job so quickly now you know what are we doing with tech to make sure that we're adapting to change you know because i said 20 plus years so we remember paper applications and paper everything and you know the transition and everything and now it's what's in your tech stack and what should you be utilizing and how quick can you get to folks and you know if you don't respond within five minutes then they're moving on to the next one so or you're that's,
0: ghosting them that's the other thing right you don't respond yeah. in five minutes and you're ghosting I'm like dude just chill the hell out man i promise
1: like yeah but people are also upset if you have a call center or if you have if it's a bot you know depending on how well your bot does they are upset about that so and then we've gotten very clear feedback you know from every end of the spectrum uh and then our associates while they're on assignment working with clients to see what we can do just to make the assignment better what are we looking at from a value proposition standpoint with those clients? You know, are they offering flexible shifts? Are they doing different types of scheduling? You know, what are their pay rates? What happens if they get hired on permanently? You know, why would they want to? Uh, and so a lot of folks are like, "Oh," and I think this is a kind of dated adage, really, where it's like, "Well, people should just want to be hired permanently," and that's a very big generalization considering the different demographic of our workforce today and you know, what's in
0: are so many things that are these dated like shit that people say with regards to hiring and recruitment that all I can think every time I hear them is okay boomer so things (laughs) isn't everybody trying to get hired on permanently no No. not maybe they have a lifestyle that says something else or boomer my other favorites in that camp are well they obviously don't want this job badly enough if they're not willing to do uh, ridiculous yeah. expectation or well they need to demonstrate to me that they're really committed to this job or um i feel like they're just in it for the paycheck
1: yeah okay boomer yeah. that's exactly what they're yeah, in it for. You were exactly right i think you're on a bunch of my client calls i think that's what's happening because that's exactly <laughs> Those are, and I, and I don't get me wrong. I love every single client that we have, and that's a true statement. They're just in a different part of their journey. And but are. We, folks but I, that we take, these are folks that we don't, might not have as a client. Where it's very, if you have a really low hourly rate, and you're still working on a production schedule that's really hard for people to make it there because they have kids or mm-hmm. transportation or real life. I mean, we're at a point now where no, they're not going to take it. And they're not going to see the results of it, right? Like they're, they're not going to see, and the wait and see method, there's a difference between beta testing something and then just waiting to see. Yeah. And waiting to see lacks complete action. And I, I think everyone knows they're like, you know, hope isn't a strategy, but we'll try. You well, know- I
0: get really frustrated with clients here because I'm in Texas. So, you know, I'm surrounded by crazy people who are of the extreme conservative end. Um, And so one of the particular flavors of bullshit I get a lot is, why should I increase my rates? Because there's all these people who are unemployed and claiming the benefits, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, bitch, please. Because their life is more complicated than that. Because you are not paying a livable wage. A livable wage in this area is this. And so no, they're not going to come and flock to your shit because they cannot live on your money. They are better off. Like you are paying so little, and especially when you do things like you have to work eight to five. Cause why? Cause why? Because you always have. Welcome to 2021. Like know, that's not a thing.
1: There's no I stone tablet. It. No. But, I mean, yeah, it's not written. In, I was gonna say in Stonehenge, but I was like, oh my god, what's another historical tablet? Other than Jesus, and Michelle, shall help me. I'm shooting <laughs>
0: sure commandments with the tablets,
1: woman like I can't think of it literally I went from Stonehenge Jesus with his hands out it was like it's there it's there why can't you see
0: these things there were other stones
1: stone anyway I would be the worst at password we're not partners yeah so uh Yeah, here's the thing, in current date and time, like let's bring everybody up to speed. So considering stimulus packages, forecasted Q4 unemployment of 4.2%. And if you think about where we were last year, where it's like, okay, like there's people that are furloughed, but really people didn't wanna come back to work, one, in person because they were nervous about their health, completely valid, totally understand. Hybrid learning, Mm -hmm. yes, it's a real thing. Adverse impact on women, that sucked. That was shit, you know what I mean? So all of a sudden people are being teachers and they're doing like at the same time. Absolutely, and I'm not taking away from teachers, but just having to, to watch depending on the age. And so they can't get back into the workforce. I'm not saying anything negative about the stimulus. It's just a factual basis now that if you're in a position that's say sub twenty dollars an hour, you're in competition hiring for the government. Between yeah. stimulus check or tax returns, you know, the additional the, the child care credit. There are states that are above $20 now just with that and people think it's what you said. Well, if they really wanted to work, they would. Well, let's be factual. Some of them really can't. Some of them cannot do that. And if somebody said to me, hey, come in and work this forced shift to a degree where you're like, okay, I have to be there at 6.30 in the morning and I'm not gonna be able to leave till five, but oh, I get these other three days off, why? I'm going to miss breakfast. I'm going to miss any any school that they might be going to, even if it's two days a week. You know, and by the time you're done, you might get in home for time for dinner, but then what? And then you wake up and do it all over again. So there is a premium for that.
0: I think you know, one of the things that in that 2020 taught us as like a whole culture was that there's more to life than damn work. Like we had already suspected, but the few thing good things that came out of that was we kind of looked around like holy crap we were missing all of this time together oh look there's all these other ways to work and ways to live and ways to be and so everybody kind of reevaluated and i think so i know that there's been a lot of people who within that they for whatever reason they had to make some hard financial choices and what they found out is actually having now made those choices they don't need two incomes in their household.
1: You're exactly Actually, it.
0: they're fine. Or they have found that you know, in the current environment where so much is still working remote that they can wor- wor- work remotely and earn more doing a lot less than they could before. And I know like in our area, re- whereas in 2020, Retail, hospitality, all those places that let everybody go, they can't get anybody in for love nor money because why the hell am I going to work for you at Target or Burger King or what have you? Crazy hours, crazy shifts for just over minimum wage when I could make the same amount of money in my pajamas <laughs> working on my computer at home.
1: So, hospitality leisure, they're forecasted to go like beyond pre-COVID levels at this point. Like, specific, but you're right, there was an advertisement and this was in the state of Washington. Somebody sent to me and it said, fill out an application and we'll give you $50. An application, which means no commitment, zero. I mean, and you're that degree. And, and you're talking about Washington, which has a higher cost of living and they're already paying above, way above minimum wage for that. But I think folks are also saying if they're in certain types of positions, why wouldn't I move? Or you know, try to upskill myself to these other positions where I do have this ability, where yeah. I can do. And I mean, unfortunately, like I can get more time with kids or family, or I can do certain things in between. You know, I I can do a load of laundry, and I don't have to you know wait till Saturday. I shouldn't even say that about myself. Like for like a weekly day, you know, to, to admit you know like you're able to do that. And I know there's the diehards of like the folks. And I was like this in the beginning where like, I'm gonna keep going to the office because why, like this, I'm used to structure. Like I get up, I had my day, I had my times. I had, you know, pick up kid, drop off kid time. It was like very structured that way. Um, regardless of how many hours you work, like you know those times were those times. And then finally I had to think about it and say like, is this setting a good example? No, it's not setting a good example. Let me try. And I have the ability, and I think I'm lucky, yes, to be able to work from home. You know, where you're like, now I'm like, gosh, do I have to go to the office? What do I need at the office?
0: But they, and they I have have pants Wi-Fi at the
1: office. Wi-Fi and a printer. I know, like, I put a nice shirt on for you today, Michelle. Honestly, if you'd seen me before, it was just, it was me in like a Deaf Leopard t-shirt right before this. That's literally what I had on. You're welcome. I was wearing welcome. Grateful Dead.
0: I feel like we're very... <laughs>
1: I think that just goes to show sure. Yeah, this is my <laughs> reference. Um, do you portion like some sugar on me on queue up just back there? We could just put it in. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you did, I don't know what I would have done with myself. I would have been like, stop it now. <laughs> but it's, uh, that's going back to my real job as chief experience officer. Different mm,
0: kind of experience you're offering. Yeah, you um, <laughs> uh, yeah I, so I, I am not sure. It's the good news for me, right? I'm not in staffing anymore, thank God, because I don't know how you've done that for 20 some odd years, that shit. Is <laughs> well, because clients treat people like they're pizzas. I would have clients call me on a Friday and say, hey, we need to order four more people to come in on Monday. I'm like, oh, did you want extra cheese? Yeah. That's not a thing.
1: That's a lot of the thank conversation you. that I have, and we have and I'm lucky enough, uh, you know, it's not me just being politically correct. Fact- I, I have a lot of clients that completely get it now, but they've been on the journey with us where it's yeah. like, they've, they've taken it, they've taken the feedback, maybe not at first, maybe not year one, it might be year 10 or 15 with us. But like, I think we've proven out the fact, like, okay. Cause you always start with, well, if, you know, how would you want to be treated? How would you want to do this? It's not, nobody's of a lesser class just because of X you know, yeah. or if the temporary workforce treated the same as the permanent workforce. And you, you would remember this 20 years ago, depending on the job, no, not necessarily the, the case. And now you're like, well, how, how much do you wanna one retain people this is really up to you. You know what I mean? Like we can talk about our hiring practices. I know we can get people in a very speedy way. I know what our tech is. I know what we do for our associates. And that's important where it's like, okay, they get, they get realistic, good, affordable benefits after the first day. Like they can do that. And they're not the ones just so we can advertise it. Like they're real ones that people actually take, like, cause we were like, why isn't anybody participating probably 10 years ago? You know, and we're like, oh, right. You know, so they're more affordable. They can be part of 401k. Like they have choices, next step education, Like those like in good ones where it's not like you can be great at Excel. It's, you could literally like, tell me what you want to, do you want to be a forklift driver? Do you want to be a cherry picker? Do you want to be a team lead? Do you want to be a supervisor manager? like, I think realistic to what they're thinking. So I feel like we've done a really good job of doing that. But then it's almost like where it's the handoff and you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. so what are you guys, what what are you going to show? Like, who do you want to be? And a lot of times, and I want to say this for clients that we don't work with anymore, are the ones that you're talking about, where it's like, okay, it's not, we're not a faucet. You don't, you can't turn on and off where, and I get it. I think the old school thought process for temporary staffing is like, well, that's the reason that I call you. I Mm -hmm. should be able but if there's a different type of methodology, like if you want screened, qualified, quality people, that doesn't happen overnight. And especially nowadays, the word of like, do you have a pool of people? Yeah. We have a lot of people in our talent community, but there aren't, they're not sitting there waiting for us to call because they're going to go to where the job is.
0: Right. Cause they, they wouldn't be in our talent community if if we did that. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I, and I think, you know, going with that, there's, I heard so many times from clients, well, it's a crowded market. And if you can't do that, I'm sure one of your competitors would be happy to deliver. And my response was probably not like you're going to call them on a Friday afternoon and want somebody 8am Monday morning, they might kill themselves the first time, but also you still look like a jerk. Like, what is the, the quality of person that you think is hanging around on a Friday and with nothing to do on Monday, with no plan? With nothing. Do, do you think okay. that's my top talent that I've got just sat there in case you made this phone call? No, it is not. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best, but I can't promise you I'm going to have the 10 people you randomly decided that you needed today.
1: Would, unless it's a longer term client that's like, you know that that's a pattern or, but you can work with that, but then it becomes not a surprise, Yeah. right? Yeah. If you're like, you're shipping out on Saturdays and Sunday, you're gonna call because you've had attrition for the week and something like, like I can pattern that out with you, for you either yeah. way. But it's usually the folks that have a very low value proposition to offer mm-hmm. because they've had some attrition. And I fully well know that we're probably not the first, fifth or 10th agency. You know, and we, we hear that a lot. Of course, it's like, well, if you can't do it, then somebody else can. But if it's really something that's not, we know that we're not going to perform because it's just almost set up for failure. And if we don't think that the applicant or associate is going to get treated right, I, we don't have any problem turning it down. That's the other yeah. part because it just it, 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 our teams would literally be like, "What are you?
0: What are you what are doing?" You doing? Yeah, like, what,
1: like you, you've had that conversation a hundred times. Well, I need you to work, you know, it's almost like off the, you know, I need you to do those TPS reports. I need you to come in on Saturday. That's what funny. I need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's like, in they're across the street putting flare on because it's probably more beneficial to go work for the restaurant across the street than what they're doing right now.
0: Yeah, well, and it, I think for me, now that I work for myself and I can do what the hell I want to uh-huh. do, and um, mm-hmm. within reason, you know, I have people also like to eat that work for me um but like the that within that in. i think there's nothing more empowering when you've especially when you've been in something like recruitment where you have to put up with so much bullshit from people than firing a client my favorite thing to do like hey i, I shit you not and i fire individual clients i fire corporate clients you want me to do your search and selection great here's my list of requirements for me to do that. Why do I get to do that? Because I hate search and selection. And I'm old. And I'm really, really, really fucking good at it. But I'm not (laughs) going to do it for a jerk. Because I think as a recruiter, it feels awful putting somebody into a position where you know, they're not going to be treated well, where you can't, like, where you wouldn't be proud to send your own kid. And so I'm not going to do it. Because I work for myself and I get to make that call. And so, the things that I need to make sure of that are great uh, are, you know, pretty lengthy list. Let's just say I'm not going to be your competition anytime soon, Megan. Uh, <laughs> but I think beyond that, I do think there's something really empowering turning around to a client and being like, mm, we're going to pass on your business. Thanks for thinking of us. Have a good one.
1: I will tell you, if it gets to that point, we have probably tried everywhere. It's like, what's the solution? What's the opportunity? It's, and we'll be very honest and appropriate with feedback, but it's if you pay a really low pay rate, you know what I mean? Like, tell me what you've already experienced because you already know what's gonna happen if we do that again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just, it's, it's not a managing your middle funnel. It's nobody's coming into the top, right? So, okay, what's why would they wanna get hired? Do they get a $5 increase if they get hired permanently? But a lot of folks have a, a legacy workforce that might have been there for a while. So they point to that and say, well, these folks are doing it. So why wouldn't new folks want to do it? But the dynamics and the demographics has changed so much. You know, you talk about millennials, you know, and they're like, what are their, you know, the questions that we get, like, what are their social causes that they support? And you're like, hmm, okay, well, they donate to the local food bank, do they do this? And like, they want something to hold on to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and they're not going to be necessarily a lifer. It's not the same thing anymore. And is there certain folks that definitely just want a temp job? A thousand percent. People are like, why? And I'm like, but originally it was for flexibility, which somehow came the full 360 where they're not as flexible anymore. So we have a lot of conversations about Canadian, and they're like, no, we can't get this done or we can't get this done. But then you break it out and you're like, well, why can't we do this? You know, and they're like, nah, it's just not gonna work. Usually by the time we get there, I'm like, nothing's like, I know that I've proposed probably 20 different things and nothing's gonna work. I'm like, okay, well then, yeah, I don't, I don't think that we can work it together then. And how stupid are we like to get to the point if we wanna do that and turn down business, which is how we make money you know so like at that point i'm like i, I just yeah.
0: but there's also it comes a point where it's bad business right where like you're going <laughs> to spend a bunch of wheels and spend a bunch of time and energy trying to make something happen that's not going to come to fruition and yeah you just gotta like well, so just
1: like what impact is it going to have on your team and where where are you placing the associates and if you can't wake up in the morning and look yourself in the mirror and say like no that's good then you i mean then, then you know
0: yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: but usually few and far between but I think it'll, the upcoming year will be very interesting with that.
0: So it is a crowded marketplace, right? Like everybody, it it's so easy to do recruitment now because oh, I really? hear that all the goddamn time. That, you know,
1: you
0: just all you see. need is a, a LinkedIn account and you can just, you can just find them. They just basically come
1: to your house, show up and they're like, all you need is a Gmail, LinkedIn account and that's it. That's you know exactly.
0: what I mean? Easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it is a credit incredibly crowded market how how do you differentiate how do you stand out in a crowded marketplace especially for something i struggle a little bit because there's not like a two-second answer for why we're better i'm not cheaper not i'm not like easy to work with at all times for all people i am not everyone's cup of tea megan and but no. there's a whole list of reasons why not to hire me as well. And I am perfectly familiar with that. And I can tell you reasons why you should, but I have to have a conversation with you. Like, it's not going to be a tagline on a Google app. Yeah. I don't
1: so, have a motto for a logo. You know what I mean? Like, we yeah, can, yeah. 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 You know, like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, how
0: do you, how do you help your organization say that? What do you do to cut through the white noise of the market?
1: Uh, I have a couple of different answers for that. So people want a job now and they want it as fast as they possibly can, right? And it's like we said, like if you don't respond in five minutes, if you don't do this, people literally are looking at jobs to some degree, almost because we're used to immediate gratification. Like you get your Amazon package, you know what I mean? You get your food delivered, you get Grubhub. It's almost like they want it delivered back to them. And Mm -hmm. a lot of places do that. And so I'm like, how quickly can we get to folks with the most information that we can? So I think the speed of our tech has really helped us one kind of engage but then it's what do you really do with the folks once you have a captured audience even if you don't have jobs what are you offering to them you know so are you just letting folks sit in a like a talent community somewhere and you're like I'll tap into those folks when we need people like offer something and it's amazing to think like and it's not really and I I've been a victim of my own thought where it's like am I going to overcomplicate this and the answer is yes but easy enough just to go to and it's not easy for a lot of folks but like resume assistance or you know even some type of webinar of what skills if you're looking to upskill by different types of positions if you're in a blue collar if you're in a accounting and finance and we've had our teams do a lot of work around that so we're trying to make it more communal you know so even if we don't have a job right now or they go take a job somewhere else and we say and i like the fact that we're transparent where we're like do you not want to get this like in a little bit better words, but I'm like, if you wanna unsubscribe, not get this, don't take it, you don't have to have it, like fine, no problem. Uh, and a lot of folks feedback is very much like, nah, I mean, I'll keep on it right now. Like I still read through some of the stuff. You know, so I think that keeps folks active. I really do think ret- like retention wise, the number of returning associates that we have, which is a really good percentage, which I think is above industry average for like, okay, are you able to redeploy folks into positions that they fit? And the answer is yes. You know, so I'm like, okay, if we're able to give them a path. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes it just is what it is, where it's just a temporary position and it's gonna be four weeks and it's a filler, okay. Um, but I think we do a good job of communicating with our other departments to say like, we have these folks that are offboarding at this time. Like, can you go mine, if we don't have one, an additional client? And it's not all about the money. And I think, you know, I don't know if my, owners of my company will listen to this, but I would say the same thing to them. Uh, And that's the way that they feel. It's like, can you find somebody an opportunity even if it costs us a little bit more? Yeah. Do we need to give you something lower because we might be able to redeploy someone and it's a good fit for them? Yes. And do we need to work with clients that we might not have ever worked with before and say like, we have these folks and some might not even be used to temporary staffing you know, we're like, okay. And you know what direct hire fees are like. And you're like, they're, everybody's like, what? Mm-hmm. Why? And you're like, it's actually a very basic, cal- like it's calculation, you know, this is why. But then you work with them on that. You know, yeah. so I think I feel the way that we communicate with folks and down to the degree of, if somebody chats on a Friday night and we have thousands and thousands of people working, like I need to get in touch with my husband. I fully well know that beyond the call center, we have internalized looking at it. And that's not going to break basic questions michelle this is my favorite if somebody can't figure out how to get their pay card or their paycheck or stuff like that like which common ones that everyone in the industry and beyond knows like where have you put that information for people to be able to find it and resource themselves so it saves on their time your time so i think we did a lot of and they. In the beginning, I'd say it's almost like the ABC company, you know, I'm like, even if it's on a black and white like page, like, here you go, when you have all those things posted in the office, before email was the biggest thing, and now text is the biggest thing. But we, we have to move along with the time. So it's like, if they're starting on assignment, they're going to get three texts, and one of them's very specific, like, this is where you actually show up. Like, this is the location. This
0: is who to ask for when you yeah, get there.
1: Yeah, this is who you should be talking to. We've already told them what they should expect on day one. And then it's please, like, right before first paycheck comes, you know, but a couple days before it's, remember, here's what you were provided. Here's like the hours, you know what I mean? That you should see between what and what days. Like those types of things, make or break somebody wanting to work for you. And I don't care what level you are, it absolutely does. And if we, we pay weekly as an example, You know, but some folks think like, okay, you know what I mean? So if I start Monday, then I get a check on Friday. You know, that one week you don't. But then it's like you have to work to get work a week before you get paid for it. Um, But that can make or break somebody leaving or not leaving a job because they're trying to budget. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about the job seekers and the wider context right now because I'm super active on LinkedIn. You might be less active than you should be.
1: I don't, don't. Okay.
0: But one of the big things that I am active in is the community on LinkedIn that's all about trying to help job seekers make the right connections to get them into work. Um, and I have my strong opinions on the answers to the question I'm about to ask you. But when you hear about people who in this current economy with how much everything is heating up and we have some people with agencies who are like, I don't have enough talent. And then other people are like, I've been out of work for 14 months and I can't get a job. Where do you think that disconnect is? What are they doing wrong as job seekers? What is it that's, where are they wasting their time and spinning their wheels and not lining up with where the economy is?
1: I think it's the question of, or do you have to stay in your field? Unless you're in a very specific, trained, you know, like I'm I'm not going to necessarily say like an accountant you know, for an
0: attorney, then like,
1: yeah, 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 thank you. You know, um, I was going with the A's, but again, it's like Stonehenge. I was like, where am I? All right. I'm smart some days, but unless you're in a very specific field, is there something else, maybe even still within that field, but not that position that you could pivot to or fancy pivot, move to change to like, just expand your horizon a little bit. And I'm not saying downsize or kind of degrade of where you think that you should be, but like what we see people is applying to everything within, you know, I'll go with accountant again. So they apply for all the finance jobs, you know, where you're like, okay, you can't apply to everything, tailor it a little bit more. And people still wanna hear why you want this specific position, you know? So yes, you're gonna have to probably do a little bit more work, but you don't have to forego selectivity to try and spend a little bit more time on what you think you actually think you might wanna do. And really think about it because a lot of people I know at this point thought, I've been doing this job for 10 years, pandemic hit, and they're like, do I like this job? Do I want this job? Well, I'm stuck because I can only get a job because the only experience I have is in this. There are a lot of firms, clients, companies that are looking for people that have fresh eyes that move them into operation roles, as an example, you know, or into even HR roles, where before old school HR, you had to have, you know, your PHR, you had to have this, you had all, all these initials behind you, but they're like, I want people that I know are smart, that are used to working, that have shown that, but that I can give a project to, or give something to. So I think for folks that are looking, and I think they're thinking too, like, oh, everything is essential. Like everything out there is not for me because it's an essential business and I don't want an hourly role or I don't want, you know, X, Y, I'm used to salary. Um, There's some huge hourly roles. That's just a matter of how you get it. You know what I mean? I just
0: not understand that. So I have been involved in, I think three or four DOL investigations or misclassification of uh, exempt employees Mm -hmm. I remain mystified it's just not fucking rocket science (laughs) right like (laughs) the cutoff like I understand that it's called an administrative exemption that does not mean that they are an administrator like you you do have to read all of the words right and I just like I don't I don't get it but I do know from having been through that that there are people who they feel very strongly that like being an exempt employee is like a, a pride thing i'm like yeah. you because yes, why like why is it a pride thing that you stop being paid correctly like i don't understand the idea is supposed to be that unless you are actually driving this ship
1: you get paid when you work. <laughs> I I don't. You know that it's just an antiquated thought process. It is. I mean, if it makes folks feel better. Think about it as consulting.
0: Mm-hmm. Like you should.
1: Like we're charging an hourly fee for what you're doing. Um, but that's what I where I think folks and it, I would include myself in this. If you had said the same thing, like in an hourly role, well, I wonder what kind that could be. But then I see the offerings out there, and I'm like, they're offering remote work. Yep. They're all, you know what I mean? And people do have to take into account, let's be honest. Like you don't have the travel anymore. You don't have the commute. You know, there's certain things that you're saving on, you know? So even if it's not exactly where you want the salary to be, it's not take anything, you know, unless you're in that position that you have to. But I think that you could do a little research on the companies that you're looking at and what areas you're looking within the company and think like, why would you be a good fit for it? And, and half the time, I would say folks, you're like, oh, but you need to, see, some folks just don't even think that way where it's like, I need to stay in my lane. I have this one lane. That's all I'm going to be in. But this is where I'm going to stick. And unless a job comes up or, you know, I'm a, I've am heard that something like I've applied to everything and I can't find anything.
0: So I guess my frustration, like I, and this probably has a lot to the space I'm in, but even as you know, I am not a fan of the resume. Um, <laughs> so irony. I have a company that writes resumes because I love the players. I just hate the game. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I do think is um, that there is the job application process today. If you are still doing it the way you did it 20 years ago, if you're still using those tools, then that is your problem. Right? Like. Probably if your mom helped you write your resume, unless you have a hell of a mom, wrong. Because you need things like everything's going to go through an ATS or they're going to find you by doing a search in a database. Well, that requires instances on your resume, right? That's what that shit counts. And so being able to put the instances for your keywords in there in a way that's. That's what I was like,
1: Yeah. Half the time, it's a, it's a program that's searching, you know, so. and
0: But even if I, it's human, like when I look for talent, I'm still going to whatever my database is and typing in Java and project manager. And like, I'm still just doing a Boolean string. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, it's not some kind of crazy rocket science where I like hold up the thing to the AI. <laughs> and it's like, oh, <laughs> this
1: person. We have found Adrian Martinez. Like, Oh, that's a good idea though. Oh, God, I wish that existed. Right. I think, I think folks get to the, the point where it's there, you know, there's just not something out there for me. And that's it. And I think that depends on how you want to look at what your next step of your career is. Yeah, you know, because you're going to have to, you're going to either have to pivot or you're going to be waiting for that very one specific job to always come up and the companies are changing. You know and i always love when there's different job titles but it really means something from before it just sounds a little sexier you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it just sounds like oh okay like you know procurement you know and you're like i don't know how to make that super sexy you know what i mean like but that that's a very go ahead do you have it tangible acquisition division that is sexy shit. all right we're done mic drop done (laughs) that's a freebie right there megan Back to folks that are like, who are literally searching the opposite of us, or they're like procurement, and you're like, they might call it something else. So it is about keywords and searches and what you can put in, and you can have somebody write it for you. Like if you asked me today to sit down and like, is your resume updated? I would be like, what? And I'm trying to, I'd be like, oh my god, what? Because it's just, just, that's such a great question. I would do that Uh, but no but that's not my expert skill yeah that's not right and depending you're right like on the company there's some very large huge organizations that are hiring for very high level positions that it literally is nothing it's just a basic five minute app and it's like and you literally get done and folks are like is that it you're like that's it all right like that's what they needed like that's the way that, that they're doing this but um, it's changed so much that I think folks that are just waiting, um, it. change a little bit mm. and don't, don't just throw the widest net out there and expect to catch something because you're going to spend just as much time doing that versus if you picked like take five target companies that you think that you might want to work for and see if there is not your exact position, but maybe others that are relevant, or you might find something else that you want to look at.
0: That. But- I refer to that as the stalk the fuck out of them technique. Uh, <laughs> technical is term.
1: Refresh, refresh, yes.
0: No, God, no. I, so I, that's one of the things I tell people is quit hitting the fucking refresh button. Because <laughs> job seekers get into that place, right? Where they're just like sat there on LinkedIn, like hitting the refresh button, seeing waiting on a new job. Like that's not going to help anything. Go away. Go take a walk. Like eat some ice cream. I don't know. Do something that is yes. not this and then but and set your alerts so that it comes up but yeah i always tell them pick 10 to 15 companies you want to work for and yep. set a job alert so that any job they post anywhere in the world you see it because you never know that these days there's so much remote working that it could technically be listed as washington state and you know you're in florida but they don't care or yeah, they
1: put be, their corporate office you, and you, that's you know. okay it's, it's just I, considering all the changes that like the unintended consequences and whether it's remote work and now we're hearing companies that are like, we're going to have you back as of X time, you know, there's going to be more folks that are going to be out of the workforce because they're going to choose not to abide by it. And you know what? There's going to be a lot of companies that are just completely ready that they've pivoted. And they're like, that's great. All right. If that's the reason, then we'll take you. You know, yeah. like those folks.
0: Well, and i think that you know, there's the rat effect is for real rat effect is always and they always fucking underestimate it there's a thousand ways to calculate the rat effect right and yet every goddamn time every time companies fail to do it and so like i uh, i have a client that i was working with on outplacement they wanted to lose i think it was they needed to shave 30 people off well they forgot about the rat effect and so now they've lost 45 and they lost ones that they didn't want to lose because they handled the other ones i'm like dude like, i don't know i don't know how
1: to talk to you about this
0: <laughs> like well documented thing
1: like and also there's something to be said like if there's the folks that you want to remain like that's what you're talking about like who's having that conversation don't let be a yeah. rat go talk to them yeah and on top of it, what are you doing to incentivize them to stay? Because they're talking to half of the 30 people that left saying, they're like, oh, I got a job here. And it has such and such and such and such. You know what I mean? And, and good for them. Um, but they're usually, yeah, you're right. There's not a lot of planning that usually goes into it.
0: But it's like, you know, all they feel is a sinking ship. So if you don't want these people, and for anybody watching this, it doesn't know the rat effect. Rat effect is rats from a sinking ship. Obviously, Megan and I been doing this long enough that we both knew that. But for anybody else, that's what that refers to is that when you start, when there's indications that your business is having trouble, people bail. And so if you don't want, if there are specific people you don't want to do that, you have to go and explain to them that the ship is not sinking. Like you have to, you know, build those relationships. And yet companies don't do that. And I think that particularly with 2020, like they just completely, they're like, ah, there's nowhere for them to go anyway. We'll be fine. And you're just, that's just not how this works, guys. Like, we get it. Everybody kind of turned off the economy for a year, but then they turned it back on. And so it's just as competitive, if not more, than it was then.
1: You have yesterday, you know, Biden, because I'm also in the gigantic state of Delaware, right? So- it's, it's just literally the second smallest state, <laughs> so it's ginormous. But of course, he's from here. But you know, raising federal, you know, contractor wage to fifteen dollars, yeah. like, and I don't know how many more flags, like, how he could be more telling. You know, there's all these conversations, and you're like, and everybody thinks like, oh, okay, fifteen dollars, but realize what it is in your state now. Well, it varies, but less than ten a lot of states, you know what I mean. We're not. Uh, I mean, I'm in mean, Texas. You want to talk about less
0: than ten? We have no state minimum wage. We just have federal.
1: I was, yeah, I was being kind. Yeah. I mean, that's being That's why I was like, I'll just throw out less than ten. But I think yeah. folks automatically still assume, well, that it's there for a reason. And and you said this earlier. What is an actual living wage? If your son or your daughter graduating college and you're telling them to go get a job, or graduating high school and you're telling them to go get a job and they wouldn't be able to live off of it because it's already shows. I mean, how many kids are living at home post both of those. Um, And you can do the math real quick. Can you make it off of 28.6? Can you make it off of 30,500? Can you do, and there's so many examples of why that's not happening. You know, and I'm not trying to get political. I'm just saying related to our service and industry, that's where it's heading. And that's where it's gonna go. And then on the other side of it, is there gonna be inflation? Are cost of goods gonna be higher? Yes. Is the demand gonna be more for people to work it? Yes. All of those things, you know, but the the flags are already planted, you know? And so trying to figure out there's gonna be more jobs in the economy. The labor force participation rate is lower now just because people are staying out of the workforce, but it's starting to come back. So, and we're gonna see that over the next couple of months and you're gonna see restaurants, like you said, they're already talking about discussions of changing their pay practices and wages and kind of where yeah. their minimums are gonna be. So tipping isn't subjective. Like look at Europe, getting that over on us before. You know? <laughs> Anybody that's ever been to Europe and you're like, I what? Oh, it's not subjective. Like I got it, I got it. It's part of there, got it. You know, so, but there's, there's a lot of different sectors that didn't necessarily intermingle you know, for the, the need for workers, but it's also going to bring folks that might have been making that before into that mix too, right? Where if you're sitting there as someone and you're like, I made 45 or 50 a year doing X, but then all these places are starting to lift wages, which lifts supervisor wages, manager wage, like lifts all of them in kind. Mm-hmm. It, you could be in a different sector and love it. So
0: it's interesting you say that. So again, Texas. And um, we know that nobody would take like fast food working and, you know, retail and that sort of thing. So right now in my area, the average starting pay for fast food work is between 13 to $15 an hour, which is not like, you know, great stakes. It's a hell of a lot better than federal minimum wage though. Sure. But if you can get... an hour with benefits and tuition reimbursement working at the barbecue joint. Why, in the name of all that's holy, would you go work for $24,000 a year with shit benefits or no benefits Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or in an office job just because that's in an office job? Like, I can do that math. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's really interesting that more and more, like, those hourly service-based wages, they've already figured out that they can't get anybody for that. And now it's the knock-on effect to the office. So, like, again, you have somebody who's like, I've been an office manager and I make 35 Well, wait a minute. My kid makes more than me. Yeah. barbecue, hang on, hang on.
1: So that's the other part of this too. So there's always been, and it, it will say to some degree, and still true, but the percentages are lower and lower, where folks can either do one type of position, like, oh well, you know, this is working in an office, so we might not have to pay as much because they're not working in a distribution center or a warehouse or something like that. Um, the lines are completely getting blurred. It's not so much you're going to see the impact. I wouldn't. What I would say of like the expansion of blue collar. Mm-hmm. just because of the way that the economy is recovering and the way that folks are thinking about their jobs. And you gave the perfect example. It is because a different demographic in the workforce is saying, I can go to Buckley's, as weird as this is, it's a true state, I can go to Buckley's gas station, that's a chain, and I can run two stores and make $45,000 minimum. Like, oh, well, if you I, go to I,
0: Bucky's, which is a gas station down here, is it? Oh, you can family. make but so their manager uh, at Bucky's, I was just at Bucky's at the weekend, and they have all of their wages very clearly out there. Their managers for um, an assistant manager at a Bucky's makes twenty-three dollars an hour.
1: But that's so there it is. So you're thinking like it's almost like the companies need to move themselves forward, applicants need to move themselves forward to say, okay, like what is really out there? And I will say a pet peeve, unless and it does does depend on the position. For companies, just put your put your pay stuff out there, For unless me. it's really complicated, which it's then not. you have to, then you have another issue. You know what I mean? Because I think folks are like, oh, it's a total comp package, so I need to walk you through it. Give okay. people some credit and, and be like, okay, you can explain vesting. You might you you might want to explain that because the vesting terms. But you can explain four hundred one benefits when they're active, all that stuff. But
0: here's the other thing though, like the market your vesting doesn't pay my bills. And I think that like, there is still in companies, they have this whole thing about, well, but if you look at our total remuneration package, oh, go fuck your remuneration package. I'm trying to feed my children. The fact that you want to offer me some shit that might help me in 20 years, great. But in the meantime, I got to eat today. And I think that, Like, that's the other thing that I see is changing, is that people are interested in the things that affect today. They want to know that there's a 401k, but all of this, like, vesting and da-da-da, that's a longer-term picture. People are living closer to paycheck to paycheck, and they just
1: don't give a shit. No, that's that's what it is. You, You think about what people and what we're coming out of now. Like and what security did that necessarily provide? So they got burned to some degree, right? If depending on what happened with their job. So it's like, I don't, I can't like if I take money out of my 401k, like I'm gonna still owe people money on top of like, I'm gonna have to pay for that to come out. Like why I just, I wanted an upfront pay. And and again, unless it's a really different type of position where you're like, all right. And there's a real intentionality behind it where it's like, I want this person to stay for X number of years to do this. People don't, why wouldn't you want the immediate gratification? And another thing that I would tell companies is look at your pay cycles. Like, because we, the once a month, I can't, I don't even know what to say. That Like, and I get, and I, I've been it there. It's actually abusive,
0: especially for people on the lower end of the income yeah. bracket. It is, it is actually abusive. And you need to really think about the impact that you're having on their life because, you can't be asked to hit a different button in your payrolling system. It's just not that fucking hard, right? In 2021, you're not writing an actual check, right? Like you've got a payrolling system. They are all set up and configured to be able to do whatever you want them to do.
1: Yes. And even if you had to hire someone to click that button every single week, it's cheaper from the retention that you'll get. And I think folks think like, oh, it's only the like the 1% that gets paid once. No, it's a, it's a holdover. It's been like that. We know the reason that it originated. We, you know, w- where we were in the 50s and where that came from and you deposit it once a month and then you budget. And this isn't a question of people budgeting because then you'd have to have every single person that you pay a bill to on the same cycle as you. And what is a proven fact is that people, especially like the lower end, um, of folks that are making less are penalized the most because they can't call the electric company and say, I'll pay you next Tuesday, you know, without incurring a million late fees. There's not that ability. So they've done studies. People are usually $300 in the hole if they're paid once a month or every two weeks even. So for the folks thinking like every two weeks, it's fine. Why, why not weekly payroll?
0: I mean, I actually know people who have ha- candidates who've had to turn down jobs. Yes, had to, because they would move them to a monthly system. Yep. Like, I can't, I can't wait a month for my first paycheck. Well,
1: and people so, have pay. Oh, well, then they can't save. Well, then they can't budget and that's not how it works. You'd have to have the whole, you'd have to have a, a complete American bill system that had the same cycle for everything. And, you know, it, even think about it, it all depends on when you move into wherever you move into and it's like, okay. That's when it starts. So it has a huge impact. And especially people that are gonna come out of this, what you said earlier, figuring we don't need to necessarily have a dual income household. We yeah. can we can go for X number of years, probably with a single income household. It's gonna become even more important. And the amount of money there's entire companies, you know this, check cashing places and the loan servicing that make a huge amount of money. There's some really good companies out there now. I will give a shout out to Pay Active, who we work with. It's a B Corp. They're not trying to trying to make all this money off people, but they offer earned wages early and they fund and they help. And their whole true purpose is to try and help people not get into that hole and provide that and like help and work with the folks. Say if your bills do this day, then you're gonna to have to do on this day because otherwise people just get into a cycle and that's it. So yeah. I, I would say that for every level of working person. Like Absolutely. look at that.
0: So the one thing we haven't talked about yet, because I feel like we put a lot of things, like people just need to watch our, this podcast and then their lives <laughs> will be so much better. Um, but we haven't talked about yet that is still an elephant in the room is diversity. So yes. my argument, I get asked a lot about diversity and inclusion. I'm a huge advocate loudspeaker in this area. I am not, however, the DEI specialist Nor should you ever consider me to be one, nor like it, I am a recruitment specialist and I know about DEI in that very specific space, but it's not the same thing as for whole organization. But as two recruitment specialists, I do also think that if you aren't getting at the recruitment level, a diverse pool. You can't hire more diverse people. Like we're pretty, pretty integral cornerstone bit of that. Um, What do you see that needs to change in recruitment uh, practices and processes right now um, to be better at DEI? Yeah, I
1: think, if you haven't noticed, I'm like, I have 14 answers for this. So let me try and get down to the, 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 like, best couple that I can think of right now. Um, one, I think everybody likes to say DEI, but a lot of people are in the same boat where it's like, I like DEI, I love it. What exactly do I need to do for DEI? And so diversity, equity, and inclusion for those, because like, some people might be like, what's the easy for? Oh
0: yeah. yeah. You know I mean? like, you
1: know, it needs to be like diver- DI program. What's your DI program? What's this? Uh, and there's a difference between putting one together on paper and then seeing what actually happens when you practice it. Uh, which I think there's a lot of lessons learned for us there too, You know, from a, are you looking at your own, if you're a company, like, are you looking at your pay disparities? Like it's stuff that you may not really, you don't want to get into, but you have to get into it. You should get into it. You know, are you looking at the people who, like who you're promoting, who deserves a promotion, how you're promoting? This goes back to, are you, you know, I think folk think a very simplistic way. Like, are we diverse enough? What does it mean to be to d- be diverse enough? And try and attack it almost numerically, mm-hmm. where you're like, you know, it's really more about like how are you trying to infuse this in, into the culture of your organization? We do a lot with, um, and I will say this: I think we have, we did, and we have a very diverse population, diverse work group, but we also, from the ground up, we're like, okay, like it was very homegrown, where it's like, what are you doing from a community standpoint? to make sure that you're reaching out to the right organizations, the right people, the right leaders, and then past the leaders, how are you connecting your teams together? Because it's really nice if I talk to the CEO of this company, you know, as a great program, but if you leave it there, you can't. Like. I'll give you a good example. We're working on a different type of program in Pennsylvania and we're really trying to put together a path for upskilling and does that involve apprenticeships and you know, a very diverse population. That's one of the cornerstones of it. It's like, how are we making sure that this is impacting the folks and we're keeping this in mind? Uh, and I, there's not a really simple answer to it, um, but I would say a part that I see missing when we talk to different companies and clients is where are you? Who have you talked to even in your local area? Who have you spoken with from a college, from a university standpoint? Uh, you know, Are you going to those different diverse colleges and universities and saying like, I, I want to do this and please tell me how to do this. I don't wanna do it the wrong way. How can we work together? You know, and then if it gets to a point where you need to bring a consultant in, it, it, that's very might be specific to your business. Um, but you need to start a pipeline, but you need to continue it and you need to work at it. So it's not just a one and done, or just like, oh, we've reached out to this college and university and they said they'd send us candidates. Then you have to teach the teams like, okay, well, how are we quantifying this? You can't put the numbers before the, the thought or the action before it.
0: I also think there's a lot about you have to make it clear to those applicants that this is a safe place. So you have to really think about, as an organization, what are you putting out there? So you come to me as a BIPOC queer woman, and you say, Michelle, we are your people. Come and apply. I'll be like, I heard that line before, right? So I'm going to ask you, like, I'm going to do research. I'm going to look into you. So you need to think about, as an organization, what are you putting out there? How are you signaling to all of those folks that this this is a really safe space? And I think that that's one of the pieces that companies miss. They're like, but we've all, But what if we upset people? You're going to. That's part of it.
1: So I mean, and you bring up a very very good point. So which was probably point 27. I wouldn't even have gotten to that part. Um, you know this though is that. Everyone now looking for a job, um, they don't go to necessarily the company website's not first, it's Google or Glassdoor or Reddit. You're right, re- oh, No, my, they don't go to Reddit. Oh, <laughs> Reddit. If I mean anybody that hasn't, please or just
0: LinkedIn. yeah, like or
1: LinkedIn, like block off your day if you're on Reddit, just maybe for four hours and read those subreddits and you're like. Oh. <laughs>
0: They can work me. anywhere. Like, it'll, it'll terrify you for any company ever. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But reviews are a real thing. Like, and very much, would you go to a restaurant that had 3.2 stars? Not if you're next to a restaurant that has 4.5. And people read them. So if you don't have, and I said this earlier, the, the demographics that we're, you know, just factually dealing with social change social justice which is the right way to go, like they are of a huge importance so if you're not even picking up to that to the degree where you think that's not ours to address welcome yes it is Mm -hmm. because it's everyone's to address but how are you addressing that within the workplace does somebody want to show up and think like oh I can already tell that I'm not going to be welcome in this environment you might want to ask yourself what it is that includes people then Uh, And this is a a good, and we have several companies that do this, different groups within the organizations that they're able to voice their opinion. They're able to, they take different turns of like by month. It might even be a newsletter. It might be a combined newsletter with other groups. It might be a barbecue, it might be a celebration, but they give them the freedom to do it. And then I think a lot of HR managers are probably thinking like, well, how how do you do that? Like, how do you make that okay? you You make it okay, this is what you can
0: do and you give time, yeah, and I think for me, like one of the big things I tell my employers is like, you know there's a thousand tiny things you do because I work with a lot of smaller companies, you work with giant companies, I work with tiny ones for big companies, all of that stuff you're talking about is great, and but then you have to you have to broadcast it, you have to celebrate it, mm-hmm. and I think that that's like if I go to your LinkedIn page, so one of the companies I think does a really good job of this is Blizzard. Like they have a million little subgroups within their company for every kind of flavor of everything from like they have a dog lovers group, they have neurodivergent groups, everything in between. And they celebrate the hell out of all of them and they do it really publicly. They do it on their, their company website, but they also do it like on their LinkedIn pages. And all of that. So for me, as an applicant, I can go to their LinkedIn page and like their posts are, check out our awesome, you know, trans community, had a barbecue last week, go trans, that kind of thing. It's so easy. It's free. That's great. For smaller companies, it's as simple as shit. Like if your CEO puts their pronouns on their LinkedIn profile, as simple as that. List your, list your pronouns. Our company, um, I famously, my uh, LinkedIn profile is me wearing a Black Lives Matter mask. I feel like that's the easiest way that I can make that statement. (laughs) And I have had every day. I have people who are like, I would never work for your company because of blah, blah, blah. Great. Don't need your money. Bye. Bye, Felicia. But that immediately lets people know this is a safe space. Or minorities. I have my pronouns, I have the rainbow flag, all of my team do the same thing. It's just tiny, easy things that let people know this is safe. And I don't there's big things and little things. I don't really understand why company to me it's just obvious, Megan. Are we just so much smarter than everybody else that it's obvious to us and not and not them? Is that what's happening here?
1: Well, you know what I think? I think we deal with a huge number of people and we have, whether it's past life, current life. And so you just you see the change, and we were also in it for a reason. So we have we're kind of like yeah, like this to us it's like we see movement, and you're like there's finally time for this movement where we've been waiting for it and waiting for it, Uh, where other folks may not have had that same exposure, but of course like, and I do I think that a guy that's been running a family business for 25 years, you know might think like, well, why do I have to do that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm sure that's what he's thinking, but it might just be somebody telling him like, this is why. You know, like the, the world, times they are changing. Like, and this is where we are right now. And I I mean, I will say that I'd like to think that we are smarter than are. I mean,
0: obviously
1: we are. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you're right. Like, so between big and small, like we're having this conversation now, but can you imagine this in five years, 10 years? This oh, is this
0: yeah. They're going to be like, that was all, that was what you had came up with. That yeah. was your plan. This is,
1: this is, this is, what is this? Like, cause it's. You and know, you thought what? you
0: were forward thinking. Oh yeah. yeah. Like that is an so,
1: age. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like I can't imagine. It's not even going to be YouTube anymore. It's going to be like something, You know, but Maybe. that's the thing where I think. We're coming from a place of like, we've been waiting for this to happen for so long. And you know, we can label it DEI, DI, whichever we wanna label it, but you're like, this is this is just how the world works now. Like this is how it should work. Yeah. And so for folks that really don't know, you're like, oh, okay, I'll tell you. But for those who know and don't care, you reap what you sow. Yeah, that's okay. Then I'm not gonna spend the time to tell you. Yeah. And, and not entertain it where you're like, this is just, and that's where you and I would be like, what? What the F, I don't even, like what? Like trying to be like, do they or he or she or them, just what? what, and say that? Like, just pay attention, look around. Read the room guys, come on. Yeah, read, <laughs> yeah. read the room, read the room, read the room, <laughs> so.
0: But that's, I mean, absolutely. Like when I have, you know, clients who are like, I mean, is that, yeah, yeah, it really is. Do, do, do you have an internet account? May I recommend? Just have Google, you, had, you know, life in 2021, and I feel like it will be very obvious. You Read the room.
1: Do you have access to internet or even old school newspaper? Either one. Either one. Totally. Even Internet's-
0: in Texas, it makes the local newspaper. Even here. <laughs>
1: bless their hearts. God bless them. <laughs> isn't that what they say in the back?
0: Bless their hearts. Bless <laughs> their hearts. And um, so... Having now put everything to right, what have we not talked about that you want to talk about? We're gonna have links to you, your company, your fabulous podcast all in the show notes. Oh, what you're the other best. things would you like to to shout out about before we have to say goodbye?
1: I was gonna mention the podcast but I don't have to do this shame like I guess it's shameless self-promotion, but you were on it, which of course means that it's like up here. You know, know what you mean? I mean. It's called HR liftoff You can listen to it wherever any any wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, and it's not just about HR. We just we came up with that title, and I'm like, it's not just about HR. There's a plethora of topics that you can listen to, uh, and I would say we've covered so much. And I like I always kind of think at the end, like, what are we, what do people leave with? Like, have I let them learn anything? And I think if you're an organization thinking about DEI, and you haven't done anything, do it now big or small. Uh, if you are looking for talent, look at what your value and your job propositions are and what you're actually going to offer folks in a beneficial way. You know, And if even if you think it's the best, ask somebody else. Ask the people that work for you. Uh, and that's one point that I forgot to mention. So we find out and change our program so much because we do so many associate surveys or they'll text us or they'll be like, I'll give you an example, I can't get to work because public transit doesn't run. We've lobbied in areas to get public transit routes added. Like go the extra step, like they're, they will tell you. I Like I have zero doubt that they will tell you if something's wrong, they'll tell you three times. You know what I mean? Probably one right after the other um, and take some action on it, but make sure to get feedback from your associates and your applicants. And if you can get in touch with them, the people that left, mm-hmm. uh, because I love this line, Michelle, I'm sure you do. I have no idea why they left. Yeah. Yes, you do. You probably have an idea, but like if you really want to find out and if it's that important to you, offer them something to complete it. Just say, uh, you give me 10 minutes of your time and you get this gift card. I'm not above that because I want to hear if there's something that they have to say that we actually need to address or change, you know, and it could save something in the long run. And if you're disheartened, because you haven't found a position and you've been out of work, then I would say, keep up, stick with it, expand your search, you know, pivot a little bit. And if you are really are tired of hearing the word upskill, I'll just say, change to a different skill set. See who will offer those resources locally, nationally for whatever level you're on, like some are free, some are not, but that way you can at least pivot into a different area.
0: That is all amazing advice. Okay. Me?
1: I think I, I said all my words, Michelle.
0: Uh, no, you have so many more words. I do. That's without I, literally, one.
1: I was like, I'm trying to be nice be about your time to too. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, do you want to talk for the next two hours? What are you doing? I mean, I'll go get a little martini. No, you know I, would mean, like... you,
0: but I have to go to work now. So that sucks. You know?
1: <laughs> Thank I you. love you for having me on. Thank I you. I
0: did forget to ask you our big question. How do you answer when people ask you, Megan Couch, how much you make?
1: Well, I think it depends on who's asking. The IRS? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so my favorite season is not Texas. Um, no. <laughs> so it's, uh, I will say, usually I ask why, frankly. Okay. Yeah, it's just, it's why are you asking? And you if it's somebody that's
0: like- about, Be open and transparent about your salaries.
1: This, well- I I would, I will say that, but I think it depends on why. And it depends on the conversation that I'm having. If it's like, well, I'm sure you make this and there's something that, and I don't feel guilty, you know what I mean, for, for that part. But, uh, or if it's my son, if he asks, I'm like, I make $10, you know what I mean? I make literally- We can't like,
0: afford it, whatever it is you want. We can't afford it. $10. Forty-seven cents
1: uh, an hour, and we're just not gonna be able to do that. Uh, but usually it's a why. And to be frank, I have told- I would say certain people but that's because it's constructive and they're not trying to be like oh well i just want to see because you know you know this you know if certain folks are asking they're just you're like okay because they want to go and <laughs> t- take yeah. it and be like oh well look you know like here as a point where you're like okay but that's not necessary. I, I usually try and coach them to go a different way. Like, what, what do you need? What are you missing? Like, what is it that you're trying to prove? And I, I can guarantee you, it's not asking somebody necessarily what their salary is. So that's my answer. Fair. I know.
0: Thank you so much for this. This was a delight <laughs> for me. And I, was, I hope it was a delight for everybody listening. It was a
1: delight for me. I mean, even if it wasn't for everybody else, Michelle, we should just go on and do this. Screw
0: them. We should just have a podcast all the time. That should be our new job. Michelle and Megan talk all the time. That's a great job. We need sponsors, actively soliciting sponsors. I
1: always hear athletic greens, athletic greens, if you're out there, listen because you're on a bunch of podcasts for sponsors. So we could see if we could get them. Um Nectar, the sleep bed, they're they're good. That's Mm -hmm. also Oh, and HelloFresh. They've been serving up a lot of ads lately on the podcast. I the like HelloFresh.
0: Is- we could have yeah. Megan and Michelle Cook show. HelloFresh, we're willing to pitch that to you.
1: Yeah. So if any of you guys listening are attached to those guys, get in touch with Michelle. Awesome. All Sorry, right, thanks.
0: <laughs> thanks. Bye. You've been listening to, Hey, I Want Your Job. For more information on how you can get your own awesome job, visit ONH Consulting at www.onhconsulting.com. We offer incredible resumes, no-nonsense career advice, and real-world tips for landing a job in today's market. Check us out on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Insta for more insider information. Soon, you'll be hearing us say, I'm Michelle Olivier, and hey, I want your job.